Hey everyone, it's Nick here. Um, before we get into the episode, I just wanted to say a few words. Me and Jared sat down on Friday and recorded this episode. Uh, we were extremely um, at a loss for words to hear that. Today, it's uh, now Monday, of the passing of legendary film composer Ennio Matacone. Uh, in this episode, we dive into the impact that he had um, across the Western films of Sergio Leone. And uh, we just wanted to take time before the episode started to pay our respect. And I want to read a quote. Ennio said, music is mysterious. It doesn't offer many answers. Film music, on the other hand, is even more mysterious at times, both because of its bond with images and because its way of bonding with the audience. So here we are. <laughs> that's like the name. That's going to be the name of the you know, podcast. On the, on the desert plains of a town not many have heard of or, or traveled through. It's called uh, Dodge. It's a lot of Dodges. Yeah. Out here in the old <laughs> west. How old is this town? How old is this town? Yeah. I feel like I feel like Main Street and downtown Barnegat would have had a, a an old west type vibe. Like Con- that's where that's where duels would have taken Probably place. Probably that's that's right the section where duels if you got look at it, if you go a little if you go a little west, there's one of those like plaques about like oh George Washington fought here. Okay, where's that at? Towards, like, Warren Grove. Okay. Right down that way. Yeah. You come more this way. It is the street where the duels would happen. 100%. I mean, no, anyone who listens to this has no idea what we're referring to, but... Just picture a Western where there would be duels. Right. And just picture it being the... 2020. Yeah. There's now a post office. (laughs) Yeah. There's a a couple restaurants. Um... Uh, Freemasons. Right, the Freemason buildings right there. In old Barnegat, New Jersey. What is that? Is that? That is Main Street, right? That's what that is titled. Who knows? It's been a while since I've uh, been over here. All right, so if you you haven't guessed yet, today we're talking Westerns. Uh, It's It's our first ever... Outdoor episode. We had talked about doing. We, or, I think we talked about it on the, uh, the patio episode. We were trying to figure out what a patio movie would be, and we figured to no just, luck we couldn't find anything. There's no thing about a patio. Yeah. Um, so just you came up with the idea of western. So we said, okay, let's talk about westerns, and we'll do it. Well, you love westerns. I just recently got. I've, I mean, I'd seen some, but I had really dived into some of the the true, the classics of the the genre. So at the beginning of the year, that was like that was like my, I think my first my first quarantine project for myself was I'm gonna watch a bunch of westerns, which I was super excited about that you were gonna watch westerns because there was a bunch of them that I wanted that I wanted you to watch that yeah. I had seen. Um, like uh, I, we had growing up, 
whenever our pop-up, whenever pop-up would, would stay at the house, pretty much exclusively westerns he watched. Mm-hmm. And this was not like, oh, he watched the best of the best. It was just what didn't matter. No, he watched everything. And he, as long as it was a Western, he watched it. And um, I, I, you know, at that point, I didn't watch a lot of Westerns. I remember asking him, hey, you know, Bob, what's your favorite movie? And he mentioned Shane, George Stevens' Shane. So I said, okay. And I always remembered that. And then right. in, in college, I, uh, I took a Western film and literature class, hmm. partially because... When I went to the community college here, I had Dr. Martin Novelli for my first film class, and then I went to UArts out in Philly. Dr. Martin Novelli also taught out there. He's a traveling man. <laughs> so I took that class, and one of the movies we watched in that class was Shane, and it was kind of cool to be able to watch. Like, oh, this is Pawlow's favorite movie, and it's good. It's good, yeah. It's good, um, but, but that's kind of the that's kind of the class I was like, okay, yeah, like I need to watch more of these. Yeah, I think. I'm trying to think of the westerns I watched in school. I think I think Searchers and Stagecoach are the two that I had seen as a part of school. I don't remember what classes I watched them in. Um, you know, and then I, you know, like there's newer westerns that I had just seen. You know, I saw I saw the Coen Brothers remake of True Grit. I've seen you know Tarantino's you know Hateful Eight, Django Unchained. Um, but I hadn't seen a lot of the. The main, like the big ones, the big spaghetti. Like I never dived into spaghetti westerns yeah, until this year. Yeah, Sir, Sergio Leone. Sergio Leone. Um, so what is it like? So you say you didn't get into what you weren't. You didn't really when you were, had that conversation with Pop Up. You didn't really know much about westerns or watch that many westerns. What got you in? Like, the, what got you into them? And like, what is? Explain, like, what's your fascination with the Western? So I remember I watched the, the, I think it's James Mangold, the the remake of 310 to Yuma with Russell Crowe, Ben Foster, and Christian Bale. And my fucking guy, Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman. I remember I watched it, I'm like, no, I really like this, I really like this movie. And it was kind of, because I I feel like now the whole thing when he goes, nah, I really don't like Westerns. But it doesn't really make as much, like, yeah. So you know, there's, you have people that go, "Oh, I'm not really into fantasy movies." And you go, "Okay." A lot of fantasy, they're not all the same, but you know what I mean. There's kind of that same lore to them, like you know what I mean. A person right. does like fantasy, like they would go, "Oh, Lord of the Rings." No yeah. matter how good they are, critically acclaimed. Also, I can't get into Game of Thrones. Westerns are not the same as that. Right. There's so many different genres that westerns fit into. Like we call it just. Westerns, but they're all so different. I remember when I watched 310 Emo, I'm like, oh, Westerns aren't just like a boring, you know, boring whatever nonsense movie like you think of mm-hmm. that at that I thought of. Um, so I remember watching that and I was I really liked it. I'm like, okay. Uh, then I took that course in college and we went through, you know, it was actually the the search, you know, the searchers. I watched my first film class I ever took. We watched the searchers, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh shit, this is a fucking movie right here!" Like, yeah. and um, and then from there and going through like searchers and stagecoach and Shane and fistful of dollars, hang 'em hot. You know what I mean? Uh, Unforgiven. Like going through all these movies, good, the bad, the ugly. I was like, okay. I was just fascinated by, like, when someone says, I don't like a Western, and I, it's like, what do you mean? 
Do you like action movies? Yeah. Well, there's westerns that are action movies. Do you like dramas? Well, yeah. Well, there's westerns that are dramas. dramas. What about comedies? There's westerns that are comedies. I mean, that kind of like every other genre, there's a movie that's that genre that's also takes place in the West. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I joke around with Kate about it. I'm like, she's like, I don't really like westerns. I'm like, oh, so you don't like Django Unchained? No, I really like Django. I'm like, you don't like The Hateful Eight? No, I really like The Hateful Eight. What about 310 Yuma? All right, Nick. Like, you know what I mean? It's that kind of... Right. When she when they say it's like, I, I don't... You know, like the... Kind of where the western started. But, like, I feel like they've taken... Like, there's movies that, that are, like you said, they're action movies, but they're also westerns. There's also out-and-out westerns. I would say The Searchers is like... Yeah, there's action in it, but, like, I mean... Sort of that concept that you're talking about of just, like an out-and-out Western in an old West town, you know, on the frontier. Yeah, it has that... It's like my... My thing that I've always thought is that... Because you look at... Westerns were prominent from... How many years... Westerns were were prominent. And now it's... You get them every now and then. I also look for them now so I see how many are out. Right. They're not as big as they used to be. Everybody used to be in a Western... Everybody, every, you know what I mean? The big movies were always these big, giant westerns, and then they kind of faded away and we got away from them. They mm-hmm. always come out. Mm-hmm. But, like, I believe Unforgiven is the last western to win Best Picture. That's 1992. Okay. Yeah. Around there? That's a long time. Because if you look before that, you're going to see a lot of westerns. Um, now, yeah, I mean, we have no, there's movies that were nominated. No, for, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Um, was Django nominated for Best Picture? I don't know if it was. I know. I mean, True Grit from Coen Brothers. True I believe Grit that was. was that was nominated. So that's a, a newer I, one. I liken it to. Oh. I, I try and when I look at when I look at the way movies are now, I compare what westerns to comic book movies now. Yeah, they are like the because right now, because I, and even like you know you look at the beginning of it where you're like oh you have you have Donner's Superman, yeah, and Burton's Batman, and yeah. then you go through the Schumacher, so you have kind of this like flashy thing, and then you get into Nolan's trilogy of like this kind of oh no 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 hold on you could take this thing that people view one way and make it darker and make it mm-hmm. you know explore more with it and also it's like reactor but a lot of actors are like they get to a level they're you know they're on the up and up and they get cast oh oh they got cast in this new Marvel movie oh they're mm-hmm. gonna be the next big superhero um, and you know there are actors who decide to go away from that but it was kind of like thing where like you said a lot of Everyone was in westerns. Yeah, because they just made what they made them con- western TV shows. Right. Western there was, and, and that they had the same kind of thing where there was westerns that came out and they almost looked like oh, there's a B western, it's whatever. And then yeah. as they start to transform, you get movies that take it more seriously. Yeah. Um, and there's also with western heroes, there's a lot of legend and lore and myth about these characters. And I feel like you get that with the superhero stuff, where every single year. Now we're seeing different kinds of superhero movies. So you're getting, you got your dark stuff. You got your, okay, here's your action stuff. Um, it seems like with Doctor Strange, I do like, you know, with horror. Make it horror type of thing here. Then you have Shazam, which is kind of a superhero comedy. Like, yeah. Um, now. It's playing with that. Yeah, yeah. it's exactly. Like, it's, 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 they're not, when you go, oh, it's a superhero movie. It's not the same thing. What kind of superhero movie, what kind of comic book movie is it? Right. And they've, um, they've evolved in the way that they're made. And I kind of see that that's how kind of Westerns were. Yeah. It also, I mean, seemed like... What was it? What's interesting about the Westerns is it also was kind of like... You know, 
James James Stewart was a big movie star. Yeah. And he wasn't necessarily in westerns coming up, but they also weren't as I guess big back in the mm-hmm. but he was in the you know, like the old Hollywood films and then towards the end of his career was in a couple of westerns that just kinda of seemed like a Yeah, and that's like I, I've told you like when you, I like watching I but they're also fascinating to me because I, I like the myth of it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like the myth of the Western and that, like, a lot of those storylines rely on the myth and the backstory of, uh, you know, it, like I said, oh, I joke, I said, we're in Dodge. Because it's yeah. whatever. We're in an old, dusty West town. What mm-hmm. happened? I don't know. The crops aren't growing anymore and there's a band, there's a group of bandits that are on their way. You know what I mean? Like, it right. has, that's it's, I, I just like that about it and as I've watched more um like I think like with for instance with Django um I I can see a lot of like it's more modern the action's out of control like you'll think of the shootout scenes in Django but it's like you it's, get you get shootout scenes like that in old westerns that are ridiculous where yeah. someone a guy shoots a shotgun and three guys fall off a horse they're just not as gory you know yeah. what I mean like but it is it is easy to dismiss you know like oh you don't like westerns like it's easy to like oh but you like Django it's easy to dismiss Django as that like westerns like that's like it's um what it is it's it's a Tarantino movie that's a western I think more so with Django but it's still it's still a western yeah um it's inspired by countless westerns spaghetti Franco westerns Franco Nero's Django yeah. that's what I mean I mean even even like when he made Inglorious Bastards it was Tarantino's gonna make a war movie that's also a spaghetti western and that movie that movie plays like a spaghetti western yeah but that, and that also that just speaks to his to Tarantino's appeal as a, as a filmmaker yeah is that he's able to make a movie like that that is critically acclaimed um you know award winning and it's popular and it's a western yeah. Um, but again, there's also like the way I look at it. Like I watch. It doesn't matter to me if the movie's a western. If the movie's a draw. You know, it doesn't matter to me if it's a western. If I watch it and there's a good story there, and there's in, it's something that's interesting and I and the characters are engaging and stuff like that, then I'm gonna watch it. It doesn't matter if it's a. If it's a, a western, so to speak, or that's that's what I always like, find so weird about westerns. We go, oh, you gotta see this movie; it's great because if you describe what you okay, there's a family and they're they're kidnapped. So one of the guys in the town they live in, he's gonna go hunt these guys down to find them. Right. You go, oh, okay. You go. Yeah, it's a western. I really like westerns. You go. What do you mean? You liked everything up until I told you the setting was in a, a west right. town, or, so, which is weird. So hey, here's this movie. It's this this orphan who lives with his aunt and uncle who are then killed by this regime and then he's convinced by an old hermit to go like leave this dusty desert town to something more and to fight against them and to end their reign mm-hmm. Star Wars yeah that's what I mean Star Wars is, is a western it's set up it's like a, a western spa- it's a space which western. is kind of which is like Mandalorian was like, okay, let's just make it pretty much a western. From the right. theme song, everything that's that yeah. that that gunslinger, that you know, the shootist, like that type of yeah, t- that type of thing with it. And why I wanted you to watch him is because, like you said, you went to film school, stagecoach, searchers. 
Was it two you remember watching? Yeah. I watched more because I took a specialized West, a class, class on westerns. Yeah. Um, and that's what I mean is you get through that and it's like, how do you ignore, how do you ignore some of these things? Now, of course, there's stuff that's absurd and ridiculous and bad. Yeah. But I think when a western is good, it's fucking good. Yeah. Should be like, and that's how I feel like, like watching like you know growing up. It's not like I wouldn't be like, oh, I want to put on, you know, like an old Hollywood movie. Like oh, like like I would like as a kid. Like no, I mean we talked about this. No, I want to watch Van Helsing. I would never like yell put on Casablanca. But like it's a good movie. If it's good, it's good. Like you're yeah. going to enjoy it. Yeah. And like I, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And it being one of your favorite movies of all time, it's not solely based on. The genre of of no. the movie that it is. No, it's it's Humphrey Bogart is a movie star. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you know, like that that and, and you know into the western thing. John Wayne was a a movie star. You know, like like he had that. That's that I, I brought it up on this thing before, where it's like John Wayne was not a great was not the greatest actor. No, but he never told a lie on screen. You know what I mean, like. It almost felt like every single word he spoke as a character, he believed. Yeah. Um, which is probably... Which is, which is as, as you're seeing now, which, at, here's the thing, is that, like, with, with John Wayne, when you bring up, like, I think it's a Playboy article from the late 70s, mm-hmm. where he talked about, like, why would I cast a black person unless I, they sh- the character should be black? And you're like, well, you, there's the problem with... Right. There's the problems that we're still feeling now, is that, like, in his mindset, in a movie... Everybody should be white unless there was a specific reason for them to be black. And that's the problem with John Wayne. Like, John Wayne was very racist. Like, there's yeah. no way around it. And, you know... And you know, and you watch The Searchers and he's a Confederate soldier. Confederate and soldier like, oh, that, and, <laughs> and... That fits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, but, um... But, yeah, and that's like... but it, And that's where I kind of like also the Western thing is because, like, I think the people... Not, everyone knows who John Wayne is, whether they've seen a John Wayne movie or not. Yeah. He's become this mythic you know, person of the same way that the characters he played right. were these kind of legendary, oh, I heard a story about this. That's kind of how even actors that were in Westerns are portrayed. And I also, like, I said it to you from watching, like, um, I think it's The Shootist, John Wayne's last movie ever. Mm-hmm. And the storyline of the movie is about an aging shootist. Aging yeah. guy from the West. It's, it's John Wayne's in it. Ron Howard. And I, I like with westerns more than anything else. Like when you get their last movie as a western about them aging and about them their past There's life. There's such an appeal to it. Yeah. Yes. And same thing with um, even Fonda's last western, which I wish I could remember the name of it right now. I can't. But it's that you're like, oh yeah, this this is fitting that it's right. It's almost weird to think about like when you think of like main western stars uh, throughout history and it's like Clint Eastwood was like the one of the biggest you know you have John Wayne like you, yep. Clint Eastwood is in that conversation for biggest western star it's almost weird to look at his career he was a younger a- I mean he, he was a younger actor he he got his fame he beca- started to become big when he was in spaghetti westerns and then, you know, he had his whole career being in, you know, these, these type of movies. And then he has, as we the aforementioned 
Unforgiven of him being the old and like the old gunslinger. Yeah. And now he, but like the thing with the, the the thing that's so interesting with Clint Eastwood is he is just still making movies, and they're not even really they're not. That's what I mean. They're it's not like, like it's like almost backwards. Like he did the western thing first, yeah. had his aging western thing, and now he's doing a bunch of other stuff. And, and I think I said it to you. I'm like, I would like to see if Clint Eastwood was going to be like, okay, I'll still direct. I'm going to be in one more movie. Hope it's a western. Hope be in a western. Yeah. Um. And yeah, because it's like he was in a bunch of like B movies or whatever, and then it was, uh, you know, hey, we're doing a shooting westerns in Italy and Rome and everything like that, and that was, that's what, that's what blew him up and brought him to stardom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, like, if you go from watching, go from watching a John Wayne movie to watching a spaghetti western with Clint Eastwood, totally different. Right. They are totally different movies. Yeah. It's... Yeah, the... That'll show you how much of a blanket statement I don't like Westerns is. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, like... Which, which, I, so, you look at, like, uh... You look at, like, Fistful of Dollars. The Dust of the Dollars trilogy. Right. You look at Fistful of Dollars. Mm-hmm. Sergio Leone sued to settle because it's, it's just Yo Jimbo. Mm-hmm. Kurosawa's Yojimbo. But I always I always find like like the Seven Samurai thing to me is so fascinating because what Seven Samurai is is Kurosawa being inspired by Westerns, American Westerns. Yeah. So he and goes, then, let's take American Westerns, let's make it a samurai story. Right. right? And then And then they go, let's make a Western a Western based on the samurai story that's based on Westerns. You know what I mean? Like that kind of so that's where the Magnificent Seven comes from. Yeah, that's 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 fascinating within itself. Just like let's even if it's just like the two step process of let's take Seven Samurai and let's make let's do it but do a Western. That's I mean obviously there's the background of that that was itself like those movies itself were inspired by old Westerns. Yeah. It's almost like, all right, let's like let's put it through sort of a blender and mix it up and then at the other end like the middleman is that is the Kurosawa movie and it comes out it's just what that inspiration yeah. solely does to change the western and even like I think if you look at Stagecoach I think of Stagecoach maybe it's because it's black and white I, I think of Stagecoach as more it's like more it's a western but it's also old Hollywood oh yeah because it's like I think that's the first Ford and John Wayne collaboration. Right, like that's that's a old Hollywood, but it's a western. Then yep. you have the out and out westerns. Then you have obviously the you know the Yo, Yo Jimbo's and Seven Samurai, and then you have spaghetti westerns. Weird how these type of things evolve. And it'll be weird to see like I mean like superhero movies how they how it's they've also like those everything evolves through time. Yeah, things get tired and you know yeah you start trying other things and um, I mean. Look at there's Western Marvel characters. Yeah. I feel like I don't think it would work for what the Marvel No, I think it would have is. it would have had to have been something. It had to be a one off type movie where they yeah, don't exactly. interact with everyone else, or it would have had to have been early on before it becomes this huge thing. Because you look at like characters, we're talking Marvel characters, you have like look at like the Winter Soldier. Like early on when it was an when he was first appears he's in an espionage movie. Yep. And he's like 
like, oh, this guy seems very powerful and haunting, and then you have him in, like, Infinity War, and he's just shooting at aliens with a machine gun. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. It doesn't, it, doesn't work. Work. it doesn't work that way. Right, so, like, the Western character, yeah, can you imagine, like, you have all these big alien monsters, you just got a guy, like, with a stick shooter. Just yeah, that's like, you know, it's like, uh, but I even, like, you know, they've remade Westerns. There's a stagecoach version that's got fucking Willie Nelson in it. Um, yeah, that was a, what, TV movie, I think? Yeah, pretty sure it's a TV movie. Um, I think they've even done Stagecoach again with Trace Adkins, country, right? Country singer Trace yeah. Adkins is in a lot of westerns. So it's funny because there's still a whole entire B-movie western thing popping off and right. going. But, like, talk about remakes, like the like Gore Verbinski's The Lone Ranger. Yeah. I had never watched it, and I, I, you know this, I adore the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. The yeah. first three, I think, are... I hold them at so fucking high. I love those movies. Yeah. So I'm like, I just, during, you know, uh, a little before you started your quarantine watch, I'm going to watch The Lone Ranger. And I mm. watched it, and I was like, this fucking fools. Yeah, it's not bad. You, yeah, I, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I, it's one of those things It's like, all right, universally, or not universally, I'd say, in a mainstream way, it was like, oh, this is a flop. It's not good. But uh, there are, there are, it, it has, it, years have gone on, it has its defenders. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, you take, you know, it's a low, it's a fucking western movie. Done like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, I was like, this movie, this is all, like, the final set piece in that movie, I fucking love, I adore it, I think it's great. Um, and it's, I mean, it has its own problematic... <laughs> Yeah, it's set up, which, makes, we're, it, which we're, makes it a western. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, look at we're Johnny that place Tonto. I mean, yeah, it's like let's look at let's look at the problematic things with westerns. So Johnny Depp playing Tonto and John John Wayne. Yeah, so you get a movie. Well, it's <laughs> also like you. Look, I mean, like they have like you also go back and like westerns are have never been nice to not never but like to Native Americans. Yeah. They're always portrayed as savages. They're always, you know what I mean? But then again, like, Dances with Wolves. Yeah. Technically a Western. Uh, like, it Costner with Native Americans. You know, you, you're, you're kind of, you get to that point where you go, okay, let's have Native Americans portray Native Americans. Let's not make all of them bloodthirsty fucking killers. Right. Um, which is what they did. And then, like, even, so, speaking of the searchers, you look at the main villain is just a... A tan German actor. A tan actor. German actor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how they... That's, that's just how, they, how did they did it. And, um... I would like, love to see a Western today. But from the Native American perspective. That's what I... That's what I'm... Yes. Yeah. That should... That should be the thing. That's what I mean. That would be fucking great. Um... Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be, uh... You know, get new voices in on such an old genre. Um, you know, it, I I just feel like my biggest thing is I feel like the genre itself is dismissed far too often without ever giving it a chance. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So we're gonna pause for a minute for a nice little ad break, and now uh, we'll be back after that. 
Enjoying Cue the Banter? Nick and Jared break down my favorite TV shows and films every week, like Rush Hour, Seinfeld, and more. If you like listening to Cue the Banter, you're sure to love another one of Ilto 8's productions, Banana Land. Each week, we'll talk about socially dystopian topics that are sure to get you talking. Topics like the Mandela Effect, what your tombstone will say, and even the origins of mankind. There's something for everyone. Sounds interesting? Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at BananalandPod and stream wherever you listen to podcasts. So we're back. So, even as someone that enjoys Westerns, I, I still have not seen nearly enough. Right, I think I've seen... That's an interesting like thing to like look at genre and see like yeah. what the percentage of films that you've watched, which ones are, are westerns. I've seen about 20 or so. The list I have on my letterbox is I have um, on here I have, there's, there's 34 movies on here. I have 20 on mine. I like, like, but like, I mean, it's not like I have Wild Wild West on there. Yeah, it's not on there. Like, you know, there's some that aren't on there that, you know, technically considered westerns. Um, I don't even have I don't even have like Star Wars on the list even though I would say it has it is a western it's own right but so from what you just watched when you went through your rewatch what you know what stood out to you um just from the westerns I've watched um I think I think that's a tough question. I'm trying to think of like what I mean. There, there's some like there's incredible moments that that stood out to me. Like you let's know, start let's, here. Well, let's start with something. Let's start with something easy. Okay. Start with a moment in a western that everyone should know. The first shot, pretty much the last shot of the searchers. Yeah, first and last shot. I, that that on this on the rewatch, I did. I love just that the bookends of that movie where it gets going out the door and then you coming back. Yep. In at the end, um, that is one of the most iconic shots uh, in any movie, not just westerns. It's just it, it's such an excellent shot and it's been replicated multiple times. Yeah. Uh, the west. That's that's one thing. The westerns. So like, I I didn't get to rewatch Stagecoach. I've seen, I haven't seen it in a while. I went and, like, you know, I wanted to just catch myself on it, refresh on it. I watched yeah. some moments before we did this episode. But, like, something like The Searchers, I was able to rewatch fully. What's up to me, it was, like, I was nervous that it wasn't going to hold, especially with everything, you know, I guess everything going on right now. It isn't necessarily specific to Native Americans. There is talk about how... Basically, Mount Rushmore is Mount Rushmore, going, going and on it's now. Christopher Columbus. This whole right, a lot of it's about mostly how America has mistreated groups of people. So, like the Native American thing comes up, and like you said, Mount Rushmore and and Christopher Columbus. So, I was watching that, and I was really nervous, especially in the beginning. You got you get John Wayne introduced, and he's a there was also the talk of the Gone with the Wind stuff and how it viewed the Confederacy. And yeah. It was like, oh, John Wayne, your hero in this movie is a... Confederate soldier. Confederate soldier, which logistically, in that time, it makes sense. Yes. But yes. it's like, I was like, oh, like, how are we going to view... Like, how is this movie going to paint him? 
How is it going to paint the Native Americans? So I was nervous about that, and I was like, I hope I, I don't, I hope I don't watch it and like think, oh, this is bad. I mean, like the movie as a whole. Yeah. There's parts in it that are like, yikes, that's not not good. Like this doesn't hold up at all. It's like I said, as soon as they they come in and they sit down at the table, right. John Wayne looks at the one guy and says, "Oh, you look like a half breed," and it's like, so what? And then they go <laughs> yeah, over, no, like, I'm an eighth, I'm an eighth Comanche, right? Blah 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 blah. Oh yeah, when they slaughtered your family, it was your uncle Ethan that saved you. And he's kind of even at that point, he's like, that had nothing to do with it. Like I was just happen to fucking be there. You know what I mean? Like even right. then, it's like, um, but no no no, I I I get what you're saying. So I was like, I was that sets me on rewatch. I was just nervous for this. I remember liking the movie a lot, and I want I know I want to come up with a ranking for this. And I was like, I don't know where I know I have the searchers high. I don't know how high. And I was yeah. like. I wonder if like this rewatch isn't gonna be kind to it, but I mean overall, like I as a movie, like I there's stuff. It's still like just one of those classic films that I that I that I did enjoy. But there were the parts where it was like, ooh, which is like kind of so the Gone with the Wind thing, the introduction that they've added to it. Okay. I have not watched it mm-hmm. yet, but from. What I've seen, for the most part, people are really appreciative of the, the introduction. And yeah. I think that's an important thing, too, is because you go, oh, you know, they took it down. And it was like, good, fuck that movie. And then a lot of it was like, well, hold on, you're... You don't want to get... You know, you do want to be like, look at this is what the problem was. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of acknowledging the problem. Right, and I believe it's back up now. On it's back up now, but it yeah, has like a 20-minute yeah, yeah, introduction. Yeah, they took it temporarily movie. down. Um... This is not like we've had this discussion recently. This is not a birth of a nation thing. There's no introduction that does birth of a nation fucking justice. No, there's nothing you can say. There's nothing about it. So what I'm what I'm saying, you know, um, I I think it's you got to look at um, having those kind of introductions that kind of explain time, what the issues were, what you know, here's these issues, how. Do we go forward from here? I like that conversation of it. But I also I do understand that point of view of being like, oof, watching it now, you're like, yeah, that is a... Even when I first saw the movie, it was like, this is a deeply hateful, racist character. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, that that's kind of the... That's the sad history of a lot of these westerns. Um, you know... The old cowboy and Indian. Yeah. Uh, A game you played in elementary school. That Exactly. And I'll tell you what. Every time that game was played, the cowboys were the good guys, which is not yeah. the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, so you go, you go, the book ends with the searchers. Um, another, another, like, I think, I, I think of the final and scene of the good, the bad, the ugly. From shot selection to the, the pacing, the music, everything about that scene's iconic. Uh, TV show that uses a lot of those kind of themes, which is a strange yeah. thing that would use it, would be Kerber Enthusiasm. There's a really? lot of times yeah. that Larry gets in a confrontation with someone and it's Ennio Maricone's score that's playing it's- over the the stare down that they're yeah, having you know hilarious. what I mean and, and, but um uh which just Kirby Thieson Kirby Thieson just got uh, renewed 
I saw someone post and said, this is the only show, only thing I want to see handle the pandemic. Pandemic is Kirby Enthusiasm. That's it. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, he uses it a lot. Um, obviously, Tarantino has used uh, Penny Americone scores. Like, it's all, all, I mean, it's, in, it's, it's all over Inglorious Bastards. Django, obviously, he did, the, he did the entire score for The Hateful Eight. He finally got his competitive Oscar win. Uh, he was right, the old, he, had had, he had won a honorary, honorary, but he finally won. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's I, there's. I don't know if you've ever seen the man who shot Liberty Valance. Okay, no, that's yeah, one I haven't seen. Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne. Uh, the end of that movie, very iconic. Uh, you know, a black and it's a black and white western. Um, even when you go more recently. Uh, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. The train scene in that is one of the single best. I mean, the, cinema, the cinematography, music, everything coming together perfectly. Performances in that are excellent, also. And, and, but it's like yeah, that train like those scene. Moments, yeah, like, that train scene sticks out. The assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford scene sticks out the end of the movie sticks out it's it's um yeah and, and like I look at that like for me that movie is like an, that's an essential film western or not yeah um two of my favorite shots again in any it's not that I wanted to say oh these are my favorite shots in westerns cause they're if it's a favorite shot in a western for me, it's gonna be in any movie, in any genre. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite shot in any movie is there's two shots in Stagecoach. Well, the one is more on the shot, the other one's more just like the moment. Uh, you know, when we're first introduced to Ringo the Kid, John Wayne's character. Oh, the big zoom in? Yeah, the big zoom in. Just like, especially, like, there's something about it, even the fact that it is so old looking makes it even cooler when like there's like those it falls out of focus a little bit right it's yeah, a little there's something about like because like you see like oh like you look at the cinematography now they're able to do a lot more but even when they're when they're able to do stuff like that when there's like more audacious shots um and it's in an older film I think it just carries a little bit of gravitas to it so like yeah when he yells out and we first see him and it zooms in it's just like that shot is just excellent yeah um and then the the final the final standoff in um, stagecoach when he when he goes off against the three guys and pulls out the best the best move ever in any western he has the gun and he drops he drops down and then it cuts away but like that shot of him walking up you know comes out of the dark he's lit up he has the three guys he's got a face and he he drops down and he you know bang 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 cuts away and then we then we find out um you know that he that he won that duel uh just stagecoach is one i i, I do want to go back and rewatch because it's it's just the the art of this like the stagecoach and we've seen the stagecoach with um different different movies you know like we talked about the hateful eight like there's a big there's a, yeah the big stagecoach the stagecoach and there's you know the end of uh, something we haven't even mentioned yet is uh, one of my favorites is the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. There's the little vignettes throughout that movie. The final vignette 
uh, is the setting is a stagecoach, and I just love the the stagecoach setting for a western. I just love that sort of focused um, plot point for for those movies, and that's stagecoach set the set the stage for it. Yeah, so you go from stagecoach. You mentioned the searchers. We've talked about the assassination of Jesse James. I mean, think of the, the opening scene of Once Upon a Time in the West. It's like 15 minutes. It's slow as shit. It was interesting. I actually had a friend reach out to me uh, to our little group text and was asking, like, what are some of the best openings? Opening, so what's some of the best opening scenes in film? Her brother had a film class, and that was like a question being asked. And that one's up there. That like yeah. that that scene is up there. Once upon a time in the West. It's fucking great. Yeah. Um, Once upon a time in the West. The the ending of Once upon a time in the West. Uh, Just the build up to that ending. When you first meet uh, Cheyenne Bronson's character. Yeah. And they slide the lantern. Oh yeah, that's another. Across and it lights his face. He's playing the harmonica. Um, the shot of of Fonda in in the desert where it's blurry. Right. Then it finally reveals that it's him. It, it's well, the, just the reveal of Fonda is great too. And there was the whole thing what he showed up to set, dressed differently. Yeah, because and he was, Fonda, and Sergio Leone was like, because Fonda was always the good guy, right? So now he's gonna play the villain, and he showed up to set, you know, mustache. I think yeah, to get right. a mustache, he was all kind of like, oh yeah, this and that. And Sergio Leone is like, what are you doing? Absolutely not. No, he goes, I want you to look like. Peter Fonda. Is it Peter Fonda? Henry. Henry Fonda, sorry. Which, hey... Rest in peace of Peter Fonda. Yeah, they're, they're related, so they look alike. So one can... He can look like... An idiot. Or you look like your son. Yeah, but, uh... So, but Henry Fonda, he goes, no, 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 no. That's not the point. The point is not for you to look different. The point is for you to look like Henry Fonda. I want that so, reveal to be shocking. When you first come on, they're like, holy shit. Oh, and those baby blues in the baby black. Baby blues in the black. All black. It, He's fucking good in that movie. Is this episode about to become a Henry Fonda thirst trap? It might. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> Although, um, I did watch a documentary about Jane Fonda. Henry Fonda? Not that great of a guy. Yeah. Kind of a shitball. Yeah. But Jane Fonda, we stand. Obviously. Um, um, so, you know, now, to your top five. Top five westerns. Top five westerns. I have a list. Um, I think I have so like so for me. There's some new. There's a mixture of some new ones and a mixture of some some old ones. At number five. Okay. I've got the Searchers. Just real quick. Yeah. It's got an update on my phone. And I think it's... I think it's, it makes sense for this episode. Okay. The Redskins announced they will undergo a thorough review of team's name in light of recent events around our country. So here's the thing, real quick. Is the name's been bad for ever. Yeah. But... It looks like they're going to look at changing the name. Well, because what happened was FedEx asked them. FedEx sponsor is a major sponsor for them. They're the names with their field. It's FedEx Fields, the name of their stadium. Um, then Nike removed all the Redskins 
merchandise off the website. Basically puts them in a spot where they, they kind of have to, you know? Um, which, it's insane that that's what it takes for someone to realize that, like, because they've been, they've, there's been talk about this for years. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's good that they're changing it. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I've seen, yes, we haven't, I, I think people haven't gotten what they're asking for. No, really, we haven't got like, what we're asking for yet. You're, you're, they're beating around the bush, and when it comes to media, it's things like, oh, we removed the episode of Golden Girls. And it's like, they're wearing a fucking mud mask. Yeah. No one asked for that. Right, we're not, we, we want, we want, uh, qualified immunity, or whatever, yes, know, to be gone. You know, we want, we want police reform. And they get like, oh, but we'll do this. And like, no, no one is asking for this. I'm, the thing is, I mean, I, yes, that we should, like, they need to keep, they need to make these real changes. But all these small little changes need to be made as well. It also just shows that, like, how much, how many different things, how much change is needed across the board everywhere. Everywhere. Um, so I think it, yeah, I don't want to say it's bad that, that, that like, they definitely need to be making the other changes. But, like, I think it's also just good that they are making these type of changes, yeah. too. Um, so what, what, you were at number number five. Number five, The Searchers. Okay. I don't even know if I have mine in order. That's rough. You never have it. You're you're awful with lists. No, I never have it. Um. Before I go into this, I think like what I have on the bubble, like I don't maybe know exactly what the the top ten would be. But like, on the bubble, we'll go bubble after we list our five. Right. See what what just missed. So I. I don't know. I don't have mine in an order really. So okay. I also in the top five. I also have the searchers. Yeah. Um, it almost fell out for me just because, like, that on the rewatch with like that that stuff. But it's like this still, this still is a good enough of a, a film of the western to, to warrant being in that. Yes. That top five. Yes. So, um, what do you got at four? At four, I have the assassination of Jesse James. By yeah, the it's Coward, gotta be in the top five. Robert Ford. A uh, movie that is long. A movie that uh, apparently there's a four-hour cutoff. Hashtag release the Dominic cut. The Dominic cut. Um, yeah, that's in there. That is a. Uh, that is you know that is a lesson in filmmaking. Uh, uh, yeah, I, love I think that. The, it is long. I, I love think the movie. introduction of that movie is one of the best introductions in the history of film. Throughout, yeah, and like throughout that movie, there's like narration sprayed throughout that the cinematography is unique, it's special. Um, and you know, like Casey Affleck was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, he's excellent yep. in that movie. Uh, Brad Pitt um, is like he's almost underrated in that movie. Like, yeah. he's like, every time he's in a scene, you're like, what is this guy gonna do? Yeah. Like he's like, he's a loose loose cannon. Um, who else? I mean, we got we got Mark Brandanowitz. Mark Brandanowitz <laughs> is in it. Uh, Jeremy Renner, Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Bill, uh, Zoe Deschanel. Right. Yeah, she's in it like the very end. Yep. I remember seeing that she was in it, and then like I forgot she was in it when I was watching. And the she movie. shows and up. Like, like there's like there's ten more minutes left. Also, the score by Nick Cave and Warren Ellis is fantastic. Score. I just love the end of that movie, just like... Like, the whole thing with Jesse James and how he became famous 
is, and then how it just like Sam. We didn't even mention Sam Rockwell. Oh, Sam yeah, Rockwell is his, what his brother. Yep. Um, he's excellent in that too. And then they, the, the, I love the performances of them performing that, them performing the assassination of Jesse James, James over and over, over. and it's just kind of like, and that, like how he is ultimately viewed at the end. It's just like, yeah, and it's it's once again, powerful. it's about the myth of a person. Yeah. And this takes a real person whose life was a legend, myth. There was comics and books about the James Gang and that whole. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah that that is excellent. A, it's a it's an excellent character study. I watched the movie. I remember watching it for the first time and was like, "Fuck!" And every time I rewatch it, um, every time I rewatch it, I'm like, I I fall more in love with it. Yeah. Um, it, it's. I'm only yeah I've only seen it the once. So I'd love to see it again. Just I'm sure it'll grow. It came out. Well, you know, like, it's the same same year as There Will Be Blood. Kind of a western. That year was insane. No country for old men. Kind of a western. Kind of a western. Um, yeah, it's remarkable. Um, you have that in your top five as well? Oh, yeah. Okay, this one, number three for me, mm-hmm. is one of the first westerns, really, that I, like, fell in love with. It's newer. It's Django Unchained. Come on. Django Unchained's number three. Um... It's, I mean, that's that's one of the movies that got me. It's one. Of, I think it's my favorite Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Um, it got me really into Tarantino. Saw it. That was like the first one I ever saw in theaters. Um, some of the, I mean, the, like the, the performances in that movie stand out to me so much. There's three. Like, you know, you have Christoph Waltz who won Best Supporting Actor, Leonardo DiCaprio who probably should have won. And I even think Samuel Jackson could have been nominated. Oh, he's incredible. All three of them could have been yep. nominated for yep. Best Supporting Actor that year. Obviously, Crystal Falls is the one who gets it, and he wins. Well, um, yeah, it's... I mean, he just won, like, two years ago for a Tarantino movie. How yeah. could they... I know. But this remember, this is still in the time when Leo hasn't won his Oscar. That is true. So every year he's in a movie and puts in a performance worthy of an award, it's like... Even The Revenant's break, it's kind of a Western... Revenant is kind of a western. Um, it's not so. It's not in my top anywhere. But as far as when it comes to someone knowing how to film the West, mm-hmm. that's up there. That's in the top five as far as the cinematography of it goes. The Revenant, Manual, yes. It's, yeah, it's Revenant. I mean, Revenant's outside my top ten, but it's. I mean, it's. Yes, it's, I still, I still enjoy it. That's one I want. I haven't. I've only seen the one time. I would love to go back to. Um, but with Django, I mean, some of those moments you have the shot of, you know, when he shows up in the blue outfit. Yeah. And when they shoot uh, the guy on horseback, one of the Brittle Brothers, and you have the blood splatter on the cotton. On the cotton. The soundtrack's shoot, incredible. When they shoot Big Daddy, it's the blood splatters on Yeah, the, there's just so many, horse. you know, you know, I also just love when they're at the fire. And he tells her the story of about the, Broomhilda. The, yeah, the German legend of Broomhilda. When Broomhilda, you you'll tell me about this when when she covers her ears at the end. Well, I think what it, I, yeah, Carrie Washington. Yeah, the, I just Kenny Lance about to blow. Yeah, it just I mean the fact that I mean the fact that we really only ever get whenever we get if we have Leo if Leo's in the scene if Samuel Jackson's in the scene like they're all like they're not in it all that much they're in it towards the end and they don't even you know they're not even in the final thirty minutes or so. But 
you get all three of those powerhouse performances oh, yeah. together. Um, so that's always stood out for me. That, that that's it's just, you know, I love Tar- Tarantino and uh, one of my actor friends, uh, Steve. We've talked about westerns a lot, and specifically about Tarantino. We talked about how like Tarantino is one of the filmmakers. He said Tarantino is one of the only filmmakers left that he says like, if his movie comes out, it's an event. Yeah, and like he he said he said he gave me two filmmakers. He said Nolan and Nolan. and Tarantino. Um, so I mean, like I said before, like this is very, I feel like Django is a Tarantino movie that is a western. Uh, so that's it has also, that Tarantino appeal. That's also but with yeah, also that's a southern western. western. Yeah, southern spaghetti western. Mm-hmm. The, um, yeah, that might be my six. That might be right. That's right on, out your top. That might five. be right on the out. Yeah, right on the outs. Um, so what? What else you got? I want to hear your. I want to hear yours, and then then we'll go into yours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean that one. We're that, gonna have a lot. That yeah. They're almost gonna so be. I got, number two, I got two left, right? You got two left. Two. Stagecoach. Okay. It's another one that's outside of mine. Yeah, stagecoach for me. I mean that that was like the first like classic western mm-hmm. that I that I watched and. I would like to watch it again because I haven't seen it in so long. But like, there was nothing that I, nothing. I believe it's on the Criterion Channel. Okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I scrolled through and watched some of it. Like, but like, like those moments that I mentioned, the shot of him coming up. The, the I kid. love uh, what's his name. To, uh, I believe his name is Thomas Mitchell. Okay, he plays the doctor. Yes, as an alcoholic. Um, he, you know, he was in uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Uh, movie fucking yeah. rules. But his performance, I he's one of my favorite performances. Is his performance in Stagecoach? It just that's always stuck with me. Um. So yeah, like for me, like I was mostly this this whole thing, this whole ranking was me watching westerns I hadn't seen before. I would occasionally rewatch some, but none seemed to be able to knock Stagecoach out. Of okay. It. Even if I hadn't watched Stagecoach, I kept them keeping them in the top five. Um, that's the number two. Your number one's pretty obvious. Number one is um, Wild Wild West, Will Smith. Uh, Kevin <laughs> Klein. Kevin Klein. Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh, yeah. <laughs> no, Once Upon a Time in the West is number one. For yeah, me. so Once Upon a Time in the West is in there for me. It's yeah. probably my number one. Uh, the two that we would have different is I'd probably throw Unforgiven and probably The Good, The Bad, The Ugly in there. Um, yeah. Like you said, though, it's I haven't watched Shane in a while. That might creep in there and bump mm-hmm. out maybe the good, the bad, the ugly. Because I think Once Upon a Time in the West is Sergio Leone's best Western. Yeah, the, that like that I, do, the Dollars seen, trilogy was like, what is it? So it's fiscal dollars, a few, few dollars, dollars more, more, good, the bad, the ugly. Like it was just like each one was like, okay, he's getting he's getting it more. He's getting a handle on his craft on what this is. And I I love good, the bad, the ugly. But when you compare it to, like, like he had it and he was, like, totally getting there. There's excellent moments in it for me, and I love the dynamic with the three characters. But then you get, like, Once Upon in the West, Once Upon a Time in the West, just that, as a whole, is just, like, this is it. This oh, is it. It's Fonda, his magnum Bronson, opus. Robart. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I, 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 so, it's a movie I'd always wanted to see, and f- I, I have always wanted to see, and then for Christmas, Kate got me a book that was... Once Upon a Time in the West, the making of a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I gotta watch this. It became available on Amazon Prime and I watched it and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's perfect. 
That yeah. movie is perfect. It's, it's um, from there's yeah there's just a mo- there's just movies that you're done wa- like as soon as you're done watching it you're just like sitting there just like thinking about how it made you feel and just like how like like and you're thinking about it the next day it's like that's that's what that was for me yeah I was like I was like this is it I mean like you know I I particularly love Jason Robards in that movie he's fucking. Great, but I mean, and then you have you have Bronson and yeah, like Bronson as your hero, who it was supposed to, like I think he was first going to be offered to Eastwood, he turned it down. Yes. Um. So we get Bronson, but also that kind of I feel like that's like also it's like let's remove it from that trilogy because I feel like you get like you like if he's in that you're it's I because I think with what the, the the Dollar trilogy it was never like yo this is like yeah the few dollars more it's like a sequel and then let's like. Good, the bad, the ugly. It's never like, oh, like this is. It's always just like kind of hinted what the connection of those movies are. Yeah, but like, then like, like you have, the but stuff. like you have Levon, Levon Cleef playing like two different characters in mm-hmm. two of them. Um, uh, Eastwood's incredible in it. It's one of the most iconic outfits. Right, costume and then, design of all time with and the he poncho. And good bag Exactly. Yeah. So almost like that movie's almost like, like a, a prequel. prequel to the other ones because he starts without it and by the end he has it. Um, I think also with like uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, you also have uh, Claudio Cardinale. Mm. Which, um, uh, Sergio Leone, uh, almost violently a sexist, pretty much, was kind of uncomfortable with her being kind of like the main focus of the movie. Um, See, I didn't know that. But it's one of those things, too, where even when you watch it, how set, like the last scene of the movie. Which is weird, because he wrote it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Even if it's the character he chose. So it's like, like the last scene with her when she's talking to uh, Robards. He's like, go out there. Yeah, I love that scene. It, 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 the movie, it's the movie's fucking great. Yeah, the movie's fucking incredible. So yes, Once Upon a Time in the so for you, you got Once Upon a Time in the West, Stagecoach, Django, Assassination of Jesse James with a coward Robert Ford, and The Searchers. It's the top five. So I'm gonna go Once Upon a Time in the West, Good, the Bad, the Ugly, Unforgiven, The Searchers, Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. That's what I would go with. Yeah, right now. I that's can't. Right that's 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 something I I cannot argue with. Exactly. I'm not. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Like, and, and they, they uh. And again, you also you have a you have more of a affinity to the western genre than I do, which is kind of reflective. And like I have like a like I have a Tarantino movie. That's what I mean. There, like I Django like is going to be right, right outside of mine. Um, another one that's probably right outside is going to be the man who shot Liberty Valance. Yeah. Um. Shane is going to be in that top ten area. Um, I uh, so so the round yeah like anything else you have that's like on top of your mind that's like on your bubble like like right on the bu- right on the bubble for me yeah let's see hope you don't mind if I pull out my letterbox list plug <laughs> pay us money hateful eight uh here we go. We even have animated movies that are westerns. Oh, Rango. Yeah. Oh, Rango. I haven't seen Rango. Rango. Western. Me and Zach, there's a girl, uh, this is probably not good, but there's a girl that we went to high school with that we call Rango. 
<laughs> Hopefully she's not a listener. Um, you know, other other Leone stuff like Duck You Sucker. I think he wrote My Name Is Nobody. I could be wrong. Um, Stagecoach. Uh, Jarmusch's uh, Dead Man. Dead Man, yeah. Is uh, very good. That one I want to go back to because I saw that a long time ago. I don't know if I fully appreciated it when I watched it, but uh, so hostiles, hostiles, hostiles. yeah, hostiles. hostiles. Have you watched it? No, I I think I started to watch it once, but I was like, I'm not in the mood to watch. Looks nice. Looks good. Looks Who nice. says that? That's Bale, Rosamund Pike. Yes. Who else is in that movie? I feel like there's is Ben Foster in that too. Jesse Plemons, Meth Damon's in it, Ben Foster's in yeah. it, Chalamet's in it. Right, Chalamet, that was the one that I was surprised about. It's our, it's our Chalamet minute. Look at, we as, have to, we as have to. film critic David Sims said, this is his review. Okay. Gloppy revision is Western that's half as smart as it thinks it is and twice as grim as it needs to be. Strong ending that's just ridiculously unearned. Scott Cooper, Shakes Fist and Sky. The ending is really good. It, it does beg the question, though. Did they earn the ending that this movie gets? I think Bale's great in it. Um, okay. Something I'm, like, I'm intrigued by the ending now. Yeah, go go more recent. Bone Tomahawk with Kurt Russell. Bone Tomahawk, yeah. I, that one I want to watch. Bone fucking Tomahawk, my guy. Yeah. Also, I didn't bring this up. Um, so, Sweet Country. Okay. I want to hear more about Bone Tomahawk when you're done. Sweet Country is a Western that takes place in Australia. Because similar to the uh, American West, I don't know if you know this, but in Australia, they were awful to indigenous people. Okay. So that idea of white man versus the actual people whose land it is works well in an Australian Western. Also, the proposition starring Guy Pearce, which is written by um, Nick Cave. It's another Australian Western. Bone Tomahawk. Do you hear about Bone Tomahawk? Bone Tomahawk is a movie that you... I believe you told me about, and then I've... I was told to watch Steve, it by past guest. Big Kurt Russell fan told me to watch it. Past guest, uh, James Milano, told me to watch it, so I did. Okay. Uh, during a shootout in a saloon, Sheriff Hunt injures a suspicious stranger. One of the villagers takes care of him in prison. One day, they both disappear. Only the spear of a cannibal tribe is found. Hunt and a few of his men go in search of the prisoner and his nurse. Ooh. May the Lord have mercy and grant you a swift death. Bone. How does describe? How does Kurt Russell go about the his performance? Because like it, like we've talked about this. He's times. doing John Wayne in the Hateful Eight. He does John he Wayne. He even does the, the that'll be the day. He even does the Searchers. John Wayne that'll be. Yeah, the day. he does. The performance is fucking wonderful. Yeah. Um. Which I also like, real quick Hateful Eight. Also love in that movie that fucking Joe Gage. They have Joe Gage dressed as, like, a dorky B-cowboy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he has, like, the vest and the hat behind him. And... Ugh. Hateful Eight's fucking good. That's on the bubble, too. I, I do like the Hateful Eight. It's not... It's one of his... It's one of Tarantino's lower-regarded films. I feel like, overall, people don't like it as much, but I think we love it. It's excellent. It's his first play. Yeah, it's a play. It's Tarantino's... Bruce Dern's incredible. Yeah. Samuel Jackson, incredible. Goggins, are you fucking kidding me? I do Warren's, love the. I do love, like Coggins just being in. He loves. Yeah, he just hates. He hates that fucking ugly Joe Gage okay. so much. I'm guess it's you, Joe Gage. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. I enjoyed 
Bone Tomahawk, Slow West is another Western that's come out. That's recently. one that's on my bubble. Slow West, one of the newer ones that I like. You know, you know, true the Cohen Brothers, True, true Grit. Grit. I, I watched it. I brought up Three Ten of Yuma with yeah. Christian Bale and Russell Crowe. Really enjoy that. Yeah. Um, I have so like for me like I have Hateful Eight and Unforgiven outside my top ten, mm-hmm. right outside. My top ten would be I have True Grit. Which is a movie that has grown on me. Like, I just watched it recently, and I said, man, this this thing is actually really good. Talk about opening shots. The opening shots of True Grit, where it's her father laying, oh, yeah. the light hitting him, Deacons was feeling it. Slow West, I, Slow West is, a, is, what, an hour and 20 minutes? You got Fassbender, Ben Mendelsohn. That's a nice-looking movie. And it's not like a conventional-looking Western. It's like, hey, what if Western but A24? Yeah. And I mean, like, like bust, look at Buster Scruggs. That's another one That's another one on my bubble. I got, it's True Grit, Slow West, Good, the Bad, the Ugly, Battle of Buster Scruggs, Shane. That's my bubble. Okay. It's not a, it's a good bubble. Yeah. That's what I mean, though. It's like, we're also at that point now where you're kind of, Westerns, you're like, what am I picking out for Westerns here? And a lot right. of times, oh, you got to see this Western. Yeah. So... A lot there. There hasn't been a whole lot that I've watched, and I'm like, this is fucking terrible. The thing with Buster Scruggs that like, because I mean, what, what? There's is it four? Is it four vignettes? So you got Buster, you got yeah. uh, Franco, you Neeson. Got, no, it's five. Five, yeah, because you got Zoe. Kazan. The stagecoaches moving through. But, but, yeah, which Zoe, is and uh, what's the the who's digging for gold? Tom Waits. Tom Waits digging for gold. Tom Waits digging for gold. You got Zoe Kazan going to see her husband. You have Franco, Robin Banks, and getting hung. First time. And you have you have the Battle of Buster Scruggs, the first one. And then you have the state. What sends it for me is that final. You love the final. I love the final the stagecoach sequence where they're just talking about. They're it's the stagecoach. Like to the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that for a week afterwards. I was like... Every time I think about it, I'm like, man. I don't think I've rewatched it fully after hearing you talk about the Stagecoach Park to watch it. I just love that. That that just, like, for me, like, yeah. that The like, thing with vignettes and stuff like that, movies that are just, like, little vignettes, like, it's hard to do. That is a hard movie to make because, oh... Yeah, like you got. I liked it, but like I liked three out of the five. You know, like that that hinders it. I think they're all pretty solid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, and, but yeah, just the the ending for me that the, the last one. If, I mean, if that last one isn't as good, maybe I don't think of it the same way. But yeah, just like the fact that they're the stagecoach one. It, not the stagecoach. Oh no, there's six. When they're going down the trail. There's six, because there's the Liam Neeson. Yeah, one the Nissan nice one with Dudley Dursley. Yeah, Dudley Dursley with the no arm. Does he have no legs or no arms? No arms or legs. There's that one. His the, career is getting pretty interesting because he's been in some solid movies. The, like yeah, that guy who plays Harry Potter's the the mean cousin. The one though, in the, it, when they're when they're traveling in the stagecoaches across the desert, mm-hmm. that vignette is pretty fucking depressing. Yeah. Like, every time that one's done, I'm like, fucking, come on, man. Like, <laughs> how could, it's fucking rough. Yeah. The, yeah, I, I, 
I just I want people to watch more westerns. I don't want people to keep dismissing it as I don't like westerns because that doesn't fucking mean anything. It does. You know what I mean? Like that's such a blanket statement, and I think people need to give them another chance. I also want people to make more westerns. Yeah. I think we need that's more. A, we need more. I think that's another thing that's important is continue making westerns. Don't stop. You know what we stopping for? There's a market for them. The market's me, but I mean... <laughs> I'll go. It doesn't matter. What are you worried about people... No one's going to theaters anyway. Oh, give me a VOD, nice... Give me a VOD Western. Like, you got Godless, the miniseries on Netflix. Western. Right. Critically acclaimed. Very good. <laughs> Deadwood. TV show. People love it. Very good. Right. They just, they have the Hell movie. on Wheels. Like... Yeah. Another one. Uh, is it Longmire, which is like a more modern day thing? And then you look at like modern Western. So we're going to go Hell or High Water. We're going to go No Country for Old Men is set earlier, but it's more of a modern setting for a yeah. Western. Um, the ideals of a Western are still there. Right. Um, sometimes we're sh- they've shied away from fully being a Western, like in a Star Wars sense. Yeah. Uh, make more westerns. You know, me guy's good with a six shooter, and you know, does a thing, and he's on the dusty trail. I'll watch. Yeah, fun. What is your like? What is your favorite? Is your favorite like storyline for a western the old gunslinger looking back on this? I do, I fucking, I love the old gunslinger looking back on his life, the decisions he made, how it affects him now, the view of himself over time. I love that. Yeah. I don't think it always has to be that. No. Although when you look at kind of what I picked, the Once Upon a Time in the West kind of deals with looking back at your life as far as the Fonda character and deal with Bronson's character of how he's gotten to this point. I, there's also the whole revenge. Revenge is another big thing. Yeah, but like so, like the man who shot Liberty Valance, uh, deals with Jimmy Stewart is is a congressman who shows up in the town he's from, and they're like, "Oh my God, I can't believe he's here! Why are you here?" And it's, "Oh, we're here for a funeral." And uh, the funeral that they're there for, when I want to make sure I get the names right. Um, coming back for you know the funeral of uh, Tom Donovan. Who's Tom Donovan? Tom Donovan is John Wayne's character. Okay. And uh, James Stewart is uh, Ransom Stoddard. Lee Marvin plays Liberty Valance. So you're like, oh, this is the man who shot Liberty Valance. And it's looking back at who Tom Donovan was. Right. And this relationship of this story. This story that took hold that everyone knows about Mm -hmm. Jimmy Stewart's character. The man who shot Liberty Valance. Yeah. And you look at it and you look at how the myth affects what the actual story was. Yeah. I love that. Love that. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, it, it's it's either that or the revenge is is a big Western-type thing. Yeah, well, I mean, like, what I love, like, I think the two movies that were sort of on my bubble would be Unforgiven and Shame, about this gunslinger who 
was brutal back in the day, but they're trying to get him. Like, Shane is not, he's like, you know, living with his family, not really trying to do that anymore. And you have Unforgiven, he's far removed from far that removed until from something it. happens. And then the end comes and they realize they have to do it. And the, the line that Shane says is, killing is a brand. A brand sticks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I love that. Yeah. Um, and the end of Unforgiven, when he's talking to whatever the kid his name is mm-hmm. um, you know he's like like I have to deal with this I have to handle this and he goes and then when you see him go face off with everyone he's brutal and that's that's so that's what I think that um, with with Clint Eastwood is even then you're like oh he's older now but look at how when he needs to be brutal he can be there's even parts in the fucking mule yeah which you haven't seen the mule yet, I've right? I've seen the mule. I, my double feature was the mule and the old man and the gun. I watched Good those Good double together. feature. But there's a point in the mule where he has to kind of stand up for himself. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he turns that, you watch it and you go, he still got it. He can still be the fucking old. I mean, you look at him. He's old. He's frail. But as soon as he gets to that, like, fucking defending himself and needs to be a tough guy for a second... For me, when I watch it, I go, okay, that old Clint Eastwood that everyone fell in love with, that old fucking, the killer, the that whole, it's still there. Yeah. I mean, I love Gran Torino. Oh, yeah. Gran Torino, he's like the grumpy, get off my yep. lawn type guy, but like, uh, still, he, yeah, like you said, he still, he still has it. He still is able to carry that. You still believe, you're still terrified by this guy. Yes, I think he could still play that, and that's what... One of the things I said to you about about Unforgiven was don't watch Unforgiven yet. Watch the Dollars trilogy first. Yeah. Because I like the fact that when you get to Unforgiven, this is why I like people that were in Westerns, their last movie being a Western. Same thing with The Shootist and John Wayne. Is when they talk about their past, The Shootist even does it. Yeah. When they talk about John Wayne's character in The Shootist, they show flashbacks of old fucking John Wayne movies for this character. Yeah. So when you watch Unforgiven, I love that part of it where you talk about, oh, I've done this, I've killed this, and you go, okay, I can picture that, because I've seen you in these movies doing the things you're talking about in this one. Yeah. You could fit it in that storyline. You have an idea of it. You don't just have, oh, imagine, no, you have young Clint Eastwood being a killer, being a, you have it. And that's why I love about it. That's why I think that you should watch at least the Dollars trilogy before you get to Unforgiven. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I did that. I watched that, and then I said, "I'm going to watch Once Upon a Time in the West." Give myself a break from the Eastwood character, and that way I go back, and he's years off, and I like can view, I kind of viewed him as like, okay, this is what if this character was the man with no name? Yes, has that. That's what I mean. Yeah, you go. Let's give this character's backstory the man with no name kind of stuff, and it works. Yeah, and uh, yeah. That's my biggest takeaways. I think people should give Westerns more of a chance. Watch more of them. Yeah. There's an array of them. If you like action movies, look for Spaghetti Westerns. If you want a drama, plenty of those. You can even find comedies in there. Yeah. Um, that's just, you know... I Watch more of them. Please stop dismissing them as I don't like westerns. Right. Well, things. I mean, like one of the more popular shows now was Westworld, which I mean, there is the western 
aspect of it that is very much a futuristic sci-fi. It's based off of that that movie. Yeah. Um, but there's that Western aspect, and I think, our, and I'd argue the best, you know, the best season of that show is when it is the most Western. Western. You know, those first couple episodes are really like, like before you really get into that stuff. It's just is excellent. Um, so there's a challenge, right? There's we we have a, there's a meeting between two gunslingers. Okay. You know, there's a standoff. There's gonna be a standoff. You gotta pick your gunslinger. Who do you pick? Who's your gunslinger? Who's my guy? Yeah. Who, who are your guys? Who, who's your guy? All right. And who's my guy? That's a fucking awesome question. Yeah. Not necessarily who's your favorite character. Because like my favorite character in a western is Jason Robards in Once Upon a Time. Yeah, he's not in the, the guy west. Send. But he's not the guy I'd send. I'd send Walt Guy. <laughs> Just for the banter. I'd say, Walt Guy, do you want to be there? Probably Ooh, the Joe prob- Gage. Probably the man with no name. Man with no name? Yeah, it's tough it's tough not to send the man with no name. I'm gonna go. I'm going with Ringo the Kid. You said Ringo the Kid? Yeah, because he's gonna he's gonna do his move. He's gonna he's gonna come up, no matter how many guys he's facing. And he's gonna take that step. But he's not going to play in his foot. He's going to fall to the ground and pop you off. I don't care if you're wearing a poncho. The only man with no name is going to be ready for the move? He might be ready for the move. I, mean, it's, it's I like the Ascent Ringo kid, though. I like you take a different one there. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, it's, it's, it's those two, and for me, it's, it's Cheyenne. Cheyenne's- Cheyenne was, had a lot of revenge in his blood. There's a lot of... It was, that's the big driving force for, for Cheyenne. Cheyenne's a he's, a, he's a, he's a tough, he's a tough, uh, tough cookie. I would agree. Um, hard to argue against, uh, the man with no name. Certainly the coolest, certainly has the coolest aesthetic of any of Oh, come on. Of any of these gunslingers. The, uh, I'm telling you, watch the man who shot Liberty Valance. Tom Donovan's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Pretty good, that Tom Donovan. Yeah, it's it's you know as we're winding down here, it's it's the um the western it it's which and we're gonna record a follow up episode thirty years from now looking back looking back and see what western episode our, yeah of course we are um it's you know I, it, when you bring up the gunslinger thing it's funny because you think about it and you're like oh well. What about Clint Unforgiven? He's not a bad choice either. Yeah. But the younger version. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, because yeah. a lot of because a lot of these westerns we talk about, like even the assassination of Jesse James. Jesse James is not really a gunslinger, but when you bring up what you're getting with this film, is you're looking back on his life. Right. You're at the end of his life in that mm-hmm. movie. You're at the end of Wayne's life in the shootist. Uh, you know what I mean? You're at the end of Jimmy Stewart's life and John Wayne's. Life in, in the man who shot Liberty Valance, um, yeah, you know a lot of it's older men dealing with things like you know looking back on when they were younger men, um, and uh, one thing I do want to say because I feel like it would be a disservice. We've had this episode. I don't know how long we've been recording, but we haven't even mentioned the name John Ford. I oh, gotta mention John. Ford. John Ford, who directed The Searchers, who directed. 
Stagecoach. Stagecoach. He directed The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Those are three movies that made our top five. Yeah. His, his... Is he one of the the five who came back? No, or John, John Houston. John Houston. John Houston. Okay. So cut that out. <laughs> Edit it out. Um, John Ford. I mean, he, he even has not not the type of western we're dealing with here. He had, I mean, he had the grapes. Of, it's not a western. The grapes of wrath with um, with Fonda. He had Rio Grande, Ford Apache. Uh, she wore a yellow ribbon. Right. So like, you can't talk about the western without. Nope, my darling Clementine. It, it was also Ford's. Uh, the way Ford used Monument Valley. No matter where the location was, Ford was going to shoot Monument Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they actually shoot Monument Valley for part of the Lone Ranger. Shot in Monument Valley. That's why it shot in Monument Valley, though, because right. of John Ford. Yeah. It just has. It's, it's got. It's got such a monument. That's a place I'd like to go. Oh yeah, I'd love to check out Monument Valley. The um. Yeah, that's you, you know Tarantino's done a bunch of westerns now. Uh, Coen Brothers have gone to western. Clint Eastwood directed westerns up until Unforgiven. Hasn't done one since. Um, mm-hmm. I think as a filmmaker, a western's always interesting. Uh, like you said, Star Wars or George Lucas dealing with Western themes. Uh, a lot of people look at uh, Logan follows kind of the storyline of a Western right. with Mangold who did 310 to Yuma. Um, but yeah, you cannot talk about Westerns without mentioning John Ford. Mm-hmm. John Ford, Sergio Leone. Yep. Um, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. It's a fucking good trio right there. It is. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's. So you're making a western. Yes. You're the star of a western. Okay. Who you got? Who's who's, who's directing you? Who's directing me? Yeah, you're probably. I mean, Leone's directing. Le, yeah, Leone. Leone's directing me. One hundred percent. And you're the only American there. You know, the only guy who speaks English. Yeah. Which is, speaking Leone, I. There's music playing this entire episode. Yeah. See, the idea came to me from when they shot, like, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. They just... All of the audio was dubbed after. Every single part of it. Sound effects, fucking dialogue, everything. They would play Ennio Maricone's score while they were filming the scene. Right, so that standoff, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly... They have the music playing. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. that's where the idea of that's the idea of doing it this way came from. Yeah, it's outside, and we've talked about that on the like that, that that's such a uh, that's it's such an interesting. It's such a I think it's such as an actor it's such a useful tool. We've talked about it on the Call Me by Your Name episode. He had the Sufjan Stevens song playing in his ear in the credits. Yep, you know, there's just some like I mean. As an actor, like, before a scene, like, I'm going on to do a scene or an audition or, like, I'm, I'm listening to music in my ear just to kind of get... Because it gives you... Music incites emotion. It gets you in... You know, and when you're playing exactly what's going to be playing, it's so much easier to play off a scene like that. Yeah. It's like... You um, know what's going to be there. Yeah. So I think... I think the only proper way to end this episode... 
So we have a gun duel. Me and you right now? Me and you right now. Okay. It's pretty fitting that we're gonna have a duel on the day of, you know, as we're recording, it's July 3rd. Hamilton has just been released on uh, Disney Plus. This is a duel in that movie. Very, yeah, very famous duel. So I think I think we should have a duel. Uh, I have a couple pistols. Okay. You're gonna be on that end. I'll be on this end. We're gonna take three steps, turn, shoot. Classic duel style. Okay. All right. And I think that's the way. You know, we'll 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 let the audio play and we'll see what happens. Cool. All right. Okay, so we're positioned on both sides of the yard. We're ready for the duel. Any final words? Um, I mean, I've never used this type of gun before, but I, I should say before we do anything, this is an Iltaway production. Iltaway production. It's Q the Banter. Make sure you follow us everywhere you should follow us. At Q the Banter on uh, Instagram. Um, Twitter. On Twitter. Uh, at Iltaway Podcasts on uh on Twitter, Iltaway Productions on uh, Instagram. Um, Nick, Nick, what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay, so uh, we both missed every single shot we took at each other, which is good because... Yeah. I broke out the Ringo the Kid move and dropped my gun. Yeah, I, I, I did the looking back and forth kind of like Leone, man with no name thing. And I did the where I hit the hammer back real quick. I just bullet holes in the side of the house, bullet holes in the fence on the other side. Straight but lights all done. Here's the thing, though. We're both still alive. And we can continue recording the podcast. So thank you for listening. It's been Q the Banter. We'll see you next time.